Welcome to Making Comics, a podcast exploring the comics process from two different perspectives. I'm Scott Loss, the creator and artist of The Second Shift and Wanders of Milisanda from The Accidental Aliens. And I'm Keith Foster. I write the comic Kadoja, in addition to reviewing horror at iHorror.com and on my blog, KeithRFoster.com. Sweet, man. How was, uh, so you're, so you're back. How was, how was the Denver trip? Oh, man. Yeah, I feel like we should talk about, uh, we should talk about trips a lot here. Um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, my, so for, for the listeners, my kid, uh, is, does something in athletics. And I, what I told my kid is I'm going to make myself scarce. Cause you know, I don't really want to stand there in a crowded room with other parents well inside of six feet of social distancing and, uh, and watch closed caption, closed circuit TV, sorry, not closed caption, closed circuit. And, um, so I just, I went to a coffee shop and, um, and I decided that when I was in Denver, I had, I had just a little bit of time now. Like, is there anything I can do? And so I looked up my favorite Denver brewery, which is this brewery called True. It's spelled T-R-V-E. And they are a death metal brewery. Um, their, their brewmaster is a drummer in the band Chemis, who is a doom slash death. Um, they're, they're a real good current band. And, uh, and, and when you walk in the place, we haven't talked about this before, have we? You no. and I. Oh, okay. So when you walk in the place, it's all, it's like black walls and they have like pictures of gnarled trees and black and white guarding like creepy houses. And, uh, and you go in there and it's just like death metal. It's just like, and I'm like, yes, yes, this is my place. This is, this is completely my place. So, um, anyway, I, I, or I was going to order some beer and maybe grab it on the way to the airport. But then when I looked up their hours, I saw that they were open. So I was able actually to place an order and then drive and pick it up. And as I did that, I had to make my choices because they have six packs and four packs. So I, I chose my two. And then when I was talking to him, I said, hey, there was another beer I really wanted to try. It was one that you guys did that's like got coffee. It's like I got a coffee mix in the beer. And they're like, oh, my God, that's so good. Yeah, you should try that. Was that like a stout? I guess it's like a stout, but with coffee in it. Because I got a, a regular stout, but then I, they do another stout um, that, that has it's, – it's a coffee company that's not too far away from them. Oh, so I collab. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So I was this close. I mean, I was doing this with my jacket to like take off my jacket and be like, fuck it. Just let me have a four. Just let me have a four ounce. Just let me try this. You know, <laughs> that moment my phone goes off and my kid's like, hey, I just finished blah, blah, blah. And she, she didn't do that. You know, she she didn't do that well. And I'm like, that's a sign I got to get out of here. <laughs> and I even told him <laughs> that. I'm like, yeah, I guess I guess I got to go. I guess I got to go. But uh, but anyway, so it's all good. I went back. We got home. And, I, you know, it would have been nice if there was a little bit more of an adventure to it. But I'm happy we got home because it dumped, you know, the projection for Denver, Denver International. When my plane took off on Friday night, the projection for Denver, Denver International was to get 15 inches of snow. They ended up getting 27. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, it was it ended up being like very good that we got out of there, although the timing was a little off. So anyway, so my trip was fine, cut short, frenetic, but um, but, you know, at least I did a little something. And by the way, and maybe we'll talk about this later. I read a stack like that of graphic novels. I must have oh. read eight graphic novels, including I am so late to the game on this. It's embarrassing, but I finally cracked open a few novels of Saga. So. Saga is amazing. I'm I'm an idiot. I'm so I'm so mad that I waited this long. It's Do you read Saga? Have you read it? Yes, yeah, yeah. I am um I think I'm halfway through. Uh but I but I do single issues. So mm -hmm. 
I would have to kind of like wait until I filled in the gaps. And I was filling in a lot of it in dollar bins. Um, mm. So SoCal Comics was very kind to me. They had a lot of dollar dollar bins because they would have like, you know, dings or whatever on the spine. So, you know, they'll, they'll be put in there. Um, but, you know, like, I don't know, a lot of times later on in the runs, I kind of don't care as much. It's like, yeah, it's got a couple of dings, but they're they're for my collection. I don't plan on selling yeah. them, you know, maybe when I'm yeah. old or something. But, you know, like, I don't think I'm going to give a shit <laughs> then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. So I, I really enjoy that series. It's fantastic. I got lucky. I kind of I'm kicking myself a little bit because I remember they had a poster up for it and uh, it, it was, you know, it says Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples. And I was like, oh, what's that? And they're like, oh, that's Brian K. Vaughn's new book. And, uh, you know, it's supposed to be pretty badass and whatever. And I had a poll. So I was like, oh, yeah, let me put that on my poll list. And they're like, how many copies of number one do you want? And I lived through the 90s. So it, stupidly, I had the, you know, I had the um, the remnants of what happened in the 90s of you buying four issues of pit number one and it's you can find it in the dollar bins to this day you know what i mean so yeah. um i'm just like just one i just want one copy i don't need any more than one copy and that's yeah. like a 200 dollars book now so i'm kind of kicking myself in the ass i didn't grab a couple yeah exactly you got to be in the right spot for it so anyway that was that was my traveling but i think you you did a hell of a lot more interesting stuff i think as it pertains to the podcast so so tell me about what you did over the weekend uh, so yeah, so I took a three-day trip through Arizona. Uh, my buddy, he loves to drive. He just likes to hit the road and go check stuff out. He loves to check out towns. And, uh, you know, we kind of didn't have a plan because it was supposed to be an extended trip and it ended up getting canceled last minute. And then he he was able to find a, a, someone to, you know, take over his shift. And so we took off for three days. So it was kind of like, well, what are we doing? Well, I guess we're just driving to Arizona to see what we're doing. And and uh, so we went to Tucson. We had a night in Tucson. We checked out. He's into records. I'm into comics. So we were looking up local record stores and comic stores. And so we found a few, actually. Like, Arizona has a lot of comic shops. That's more than I thought. And yeah. But un unfortunately, half of the ones we went to were closed down because of COVID. Like, they were no mm. longer there. Permanently? Yeah, so, um, yeah, yeah. There was one... Um, uh, we were talking to Gary about, you know, in our in our uh, Facebook Messenger chain there. When the three of us were just chatting it up. Yeah. yeah, it was like all about books and comics. I think that's what the store was called. And he said that was a, a store he frequented as a kid. And they actually had a letter on the window saying, hey, we opened this business up on a whim in the, like the late, late 70s, early 80s. You know, so we've had this business for 38 years. You know, we thank everyone, you know, for this journey or whatever. It was a great time, you know, no regrets and this and that. So they were they were done. Um, and another place was just a completely different store. We went, we're like, okay, this is the address. And it was like a, it was like a, like an incense shop. Uh, you know, it had like Bob Marley on the window and this and that. We're like, because we were looking yeah. for it. But the, the landmark for that store was a giant, mural on the side of the building it was like an anime character and it was it was pretty nice drawing uh and it was painted and everything and so we're like there it is there it is there's a mural and uh yeah we just see oh there's bob marley i guess this is not a comic store anymore so yeah. but it, it was tons of fun uh, there was a it seems like no one has dollar bins 
like every mm. single store that I actually well, it wasn't it wasn't a tie. I think I got into three stores, but every store they had two of them had zero back issues. Like they had the previous two months or something like that of of certain titles, but that's it. And then uh, one shop, the I believe it was Samurai Samurai Comics. They actually had some back issue bins, and so they were not a dollar, but they were actually relatively uh, decent prices. So, like I found like maybe five Savage Dragon books. All when I looked them up online, because they were they were like five bucks each. Everything was like five bucks, maybe four bucks. And I was like, okay, that's kind of seems to be their price point on their markup. And uh, you know, it's like a dollar or two over cover, depending what year the book came out, right? And um, I looked them up, and they were ten to fifteen dollar books. Sometimes a twenty dollar book, and I was like, okay, cool, boom. So I got a nice little stack of comics, got some Invincible, some mm. Savage Dragon, uh, TMNT. So it was, it was cool, man. It was a nice little trip. I picked up uh, something from my best friend. They had a uh, uh, the last Ronin number one, so I grabbed that. It was probably the fourth printing, but it was like Good a God. Ke- yeah, yeah. That thing sells like crazy. So, but it was a Kevin Eastman cover, so I grabbed it for him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, it was, it was a great trip. Uh, lots of fun. I'm definitely happy to be back. Uh, something, I think I texted you that it's, it's just so hectic when you're coming back from a vacation, like just trying to catch up with everything, you know, work, commissions, interior pages, like I'm friggin' backed up. So I just been, you know, taking it one thing at a time, knocking some stuff out. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm back. I'm back on track. I'll say for like maybe about a week, I was kind of burnt out because uh, I was just working as much as I could on interiors and and just like <sighs> yeah, you you probably have not experienced this on on the comic side or or just well because it's an art thing. So like I have oh you probably deal with it at work. So the the fact that I know I have all these commissions pending, it starts to weigh on me. And kind of just buries me into the ground, and I just mm-hmm. I just get tired and exhausted, and I just and I'll get in this this headspace where I don't want to do anything, and that was kind of last week, so the vacation was definitely needed, and being away for as long as I was, um, it definitely recharged me. So I'm like yeah. ready to roll. I'm knocking stuff out, so I feel pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I, what I was thinking as you were saying this, which I think you just kind of hinted at is that writing's not like that. You know, like I think in you know for you to you actually your process, you draw pencils on pencil? Like what what where is your where is your switch off from analog to digital in the art process? Now I'm 100% digital for the most oh, 100% part. 100% digital. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The only thing I do analog now is if there's the covers and uh splash pages. So if I have a, a pretty badass splash page, um, I will print it out in blue line and ink it traditionally. Because you never know, like if these books take off in the future, I wanna do have some originals, you know? Like that's mm-hmm. that's the problem with, with digital is there will be no originals to be had, you know, 20 years yeah. down the line when everyone's like, man, that book's so badass. I wish there are originals that I could buy and hang on the wall, you know? They don't have to buy a yeah. print of a page or something, you know, or, or yep. a print of a cover. So. I actually want to have some kind of tangible art for someone to purchase down the line. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. Then maybe maybe it's not as different, but 
writing is pretty easy to do on the road. Um, but I will say this, that, that maybe the difference isn't in writing versus drawing as much as it is you were in a car and I was on a plane. And I think those are the two big differences, right? Like I'm not, you're not going to get anything done in a fucking car. You know, on an airplane, you can. Strangely enough, I actually did get some stuff done in the car. Oh, how about that? Okay. Yeah. It's only because my buddy has to drive because it's his company vehicle. So I'm not Mm. allowed to drive the vehicle. So it's kind of cool going on, going on road trips because number one, I hate driving. And two, he loves driving. And then three, I'm not allowed to drive that car. So, yeah, um, yeah. So one of my, actually when we went to Phoenix, it was the same thing a couple years ago. Yeah. Cause I like driving. Yeah, I, I totally like driving. And you were like, you want me to drive? I'm like, no, nah, yeah, you're good. Just yeah. chill. Yeah, and I was just like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to stop asking then because you seem good, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah so I'm, I'm he, used to it, yeah. He was, um, yeah, so he was driving and one of my clients kept asking for, uh, he wanted some corrections from, from some art I did for him the previous month. And I was just like, okay. And he goes, please, 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 I need these corrections. And I'm like, all right. So I was just doing it on, on my iPad and... You know, uh, Apple technology, like since it's an iPad, I don't have internet on it, but I do have AirDrop. So I'm able to mm. finish pieces and then AirDrop it to my phone and text it to him. So yep. I, I managed to get a couple of things done on the road. So there was that. And um, oh, hopping back to something you were saying uh, about taking trips, how you're like, yeah, I don't really go to bad states or bad cities. You know, it's different. You like going and checking stuff out. So I think I think that's kind of my thing now is to go check out local comic stores wherever I go just to go check out the local businesses. It's like, well, yeah, there might not be a ton to do in Arizona, but they definitely have comic stores I've never been to. So it was kind of fun just going in and checking out the stores and how they're laid out. And I actually recorded uh, one of them. Yeah. So I, oh. I, did, a, I did a little pre-recording and uh, a couple of things in the shop and then something after. So I'm going to throw that nice. up on my YouTube. So by the time this airs, uh, it should be on my YouTube. I mean, you just detox this week, right? Like not a lot of stuff, but sometimes you got to have those weeks, right? You got to have a little mental health week and not think too hard about the grind, even if that grind is something that you love doing like comics. Yeah, it's true. Um, I think I actually did. You know, that's the thing with just how my brain works. I have this weird need to always be productive so even in this rough week i still managed to finish a page so Mm. i finished a page i finished uh two commissions no three commissions i finished three commissions still and uh you know did did that freelance work or whatever did those corrections so relatively productive for feeling like shit Mm, (laughs) yeah that's not bad that's not bad not terrible not Not terrible yeah yeah i mean i think for me again this is going to come up um way later obviously but as we record this my kickstarter just ended a few days ago and what was interesting was when we recorded this last week i was really at what turns out to have been the back end of the dead air middle and uh Maybe that maybe that contributed to why I wasn't much of a mood to talk about it last week because it's just it can be soul deflating, you know, when you're in that when it's just not moving for a week, you know, and you're just like, God damn it, man, it's crazy. And and you're you know, look, it's fine. I mean, both of ours funded quickly, so 
I would I would keep on saying things to like my family members like, well, I mean, it funded. It's already at like 300 percent. So I'm really just like, you know, playing with house money and it's all gravy from here. Right. And then my kid would be like, right, right. And I'd be like, yeah, right. You know, I'm talking myself into it. But in the back, my heart, yeah, yeah. like, <laughs> you know, because yeah, because you you get that excitement of of your Kickstarter having more people that care, you know, and, and we talked about this last week. Like, I just want people to care, you know, and and I'm trusting that. When you try this comic, you're going to like it and way more people are going to like it than aren't. And some people aren't. And that happens, you know, but um, but, you know, it's just that opportunity we want. It's that chance. And uh, sure enough, maybe the next day after we started recording, it, it did its race to the end and ended up um, doing quite well. I mean, I think it finished at in percentages, maybe 560 percent of the initial goal. So. I mean, there's, it's all great stuff, you know, and now, now we're waiting on, um, just some other stuff to happen, but actually that brings up a question for you. Um, when are you sending out your survey? I know you, you've talked about surveys a lot in the past. Um, I don't think I've seen yours cause I pledged yours and I haven't seen the survey yet, but I imagine you're working on it soon. Is that true? Yeah, that's going to be coming pretty soon because I do want to finalize the PDF. So uh, the, the only thing Art-wise, that's pending is Eddie Nunez's cover. But mm-hmm. because that I don't think that's coming for another month or so, I've just been kind of dragging my feet a little bit. But I yeah. would like to finalize the PDF. Like, I can do the the standard cover PDF. And then, uh, because I I didn't promise the alternate covers on the PDF. So those, those probably won't exist. So everyone can get the standard one. Um, and one of the tiers, one of the tiers that I do is you get your name in the back of the issue when you, mm-hmm. I think it's 25 bucks and over. So if you mm-hmm. donate it to that, your name goes in the back. So I do need to send the surveys out so I can get, collect everyone's names. Cause you know, yeah. not everyone has their name on their, their Kickstarter page. It's usually, sometimes it's just a first name and sometimes it's just a completely made up handle. So I give people exactly. the chance. Yeah. And then sometimes they want to put their kid's name in there or something like, you know, along those lines. Yeah. So I like to make sure they have the option. And uh, so I definitely got to get that done soon. So I think probably within the next couple of weeks, I'll probably send that out. And then I will. Yeah. And I will leave the option to change your address because it is a couple of months away before I'll actually be sending the products out. And, you know, some people move. So so you never know. Yeah. 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 I mean, you're and you're kind of answering my question because. For, for those of you out there, when you're when your Kickstarter funds, you then get a couple you get a bunch of notes from Kickstarter. You get like, here's what the funding's gonna look like when it hits your account. Here's how we, you know, are are allowing you to manage your next steps. And again, I'm new to this, so it sounds like they have some new, really neat tools to keep people posted as you continue to move through the process of creating this and shipping it to people. But they also say, you know, hey, you should send out a survey soon. I'm kind of like, I should send it soon. I don't remember sending it this soon last time. So that's probably a bit of the Kickstarter team just trying to make sure you continue to engage people. But for me, it's like there's I've talked enough and and I think I just want to relax a little bit and build some things and then send the survey out in a couple of weeks. So it sounds like that's very normal. Yeah. And, that, and that's where I am. And I'm so honestly, I'm so used to doing it the other way. Uh, it's usually in March, March to April 1st that my studio does their uh, annual anthology or pro- project, whatever it is. And so it's a mad race to free comic book day. So on April 1st, I got to send the PDF out by April 4th at the latest because we need to send them the PDF, the printer, 
and have them print it and mail it to us. So it's just like, okay, that's going to take a while. So we need to make sure we have more than enough time to receive the product within that month. So it's always yeah. a mad scramble. This is the first time where I built in some leeway time because I'm always, I'm always like, Hey, as soon as I get those funds in and as soon as I get everyone's names in, I'm getting the book printed, it's coming to me and it's coming to you. So even mm -hmm. I usually give myself a three or four month window on the delivery time just to mm -hmm. be safe because I also always like to, uh, under, what is it? Uh, under promise, over promise and un under deliver under Sorry, prom no, the other way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I like to under promise and over deliver. So yeah, I, people are like, okay, cool. I'm not getting that till December. And then they boom, they get it in uh, August. Ooh, that's a nice that's, looking that's, beer. That's why I just fucked that up. Yeah, I just fucked that up because there's a beer I'm drinking called Abandon All Hope by Adroit Theory. It's 8%. I ate a light dinner. And then you mess up phrases. That's what you do. It's, it's what I do. It's how I, it's how I celebrate my very mild inebriation that's only going to last about 10 minutes. I wish I could join you, but I got my uh, vaccine shot today. So I, I don't know the rules on it. So I was like, ah, I'm not going to drink. I'm sure it could be fine. But I also did a lot of drinking on my trip. So I'm kind of detoxing yeah. uh, all yeah, around. Yeah. So th I this is you. a rare episode where I'm not having a beverage. All right. Well, that's 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 cause enough. It's not the rare episode where I'm not having a beverage. Now comes the other part of the Kickstarter, which is, you know, I, I love myself some spreadsheets and I love myself some financial numbers. And that's going to be a good thing because... I'm going to crunch the numbers and, you know, start to kind of separate all this into tiers and create an enormous, it's basically a version of a project plan. You know, how many people ordered this? How many people ordered this? How many people ordered this? Because people who do Kickstarters know, you know, I, I am the person who, you know, creates it. I'm the person who coordinates the Kickstarter. Um, I'm the person who's going to coordinate the printing and I'm the person who's going to package up every one of those packages with a whole bunch of groovy things in it, you know, and it's fine. So, you know, we, we know this is what we sign up for in the indie comics life though. You know, you are, you are the creator. You are also the packing and shipping department and you're a bunch of things in between. Yeah. I also do that. Do you do a pre number thing? Kind of like you, you get an idea because uh, you're obviously a guy that loves numbers and charts and shit, and so do I. So do you do like pre-planning, like, okay, this is roughly going to cost me this much. I need this many copies of this, you know, and this and that. So I'll do that. And so when the numbers come in, because I'll overplan, right? So I'm like, okay, at least, let's just say at least 100 people are going to buy this tier. I need to have this much money. So it's kind mm -hmm. of nice um, after the fact, you're like, hey, it was really only this much. So this actually cuts the cost of this down by like a ton. So it's kind of yeah. like, it's just this nerdy math thing where you're just like, hey, look, I get to move these numbers around and it makes the total smaller and that makes me happy. <laughs> when that happens, any little bit of extra money that comes back into my pocket is going to go toward the art for Kadoja 4, you know, yeah. like, or Kadoja Volume 4. So anything that helps, and you've talked about that not directly, but you've mentioned it a lot that you're just adding to the fund, you know? So in, in my case, most of the Kickstarter money, I mean, all of it pretty much is I'm going to pay a couple artists, which, you know, I, I love doing, and then I'm going to buy all the product and that's going to roughly be it. Now, the good news is I'm then going to have product 
that's you know left over that I can try to sell at shows. And this will also help finance the whatever the diamond order is. I'm excited and, and it's great and it's nice to, to build on that. And um, actually, I got a little bit of good news recently, too, which is Will Perkins, who is doing the final, um, the fourth issue of Kadoja Volume 3, just um, mentioned that he's cool doing the entire Volume 4. Oh, so I'm right really on. happy about that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. And that kind of segues into the other thing, which is aside from like, you know, a lot of Kickstarter work, my main chunk of work was really like cloud gathering. You know what I mean? It's it's very, I mean, I'm, I, I've mentioned before, my number one priority right now writing is the novel. So every day I'm working on my novel for at least an hour. That is non-negotiable. Whatever I do on top of that, I do. But in addition to the work on the novel, where I am with a lot of these things, I did do a little bit of work on animals. I sent a few more pages of art to Albert for him to kind of draw some stuff over. So I think this will take me through the end of chapter eight of 10. So um, so animals is moving along. Um, I'm still waiting for, for Mike to give hopefully what is the final thumbs up on three protectors. That would be very exciting on that. I am thinking about Kadoja volume four. I mean, I think I've mentioned this before. It's it's the final volume. I know the broad strokes of what I want to have happen, but it's time to really get into the details of it too. And, uh, you know, it, it's worth noting here, volume three, I had a couple stop starts with artists. So I'm just going to take a wild guess here that it is it is March 2021 when I am recording this and volume four is in the final phases. And I really just finished kind of tweaking the writing on it. I started writing Kadoja volume three, number four, sorry. So I'm still in volume three. I started writing volume three two years ago. Mm. Good luck remembering everything that's even in the fucking arc. You know what I mean? So, Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, it's, it's one thing to look at the pages and go like, yeah, 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 all that works. But... You know how it is. I mean, with, with writing, look, with art, you get in vibes. And with writing, you get in vibes. And when you lose that vibe, you're kind of like, oh, that's right. I put that character here, not only to have a cool scene, but also to, to hint towards something that's going to happen in the fourth volume. So now I almost have to go back and remember everything that I knew two years ago. I have to re-remember it because all that stuff is going to get some of the groundwork, the bricklaying work that's going to lead into everything I want to wrap up in volume four. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And I'm actually going through the same thing, uh, me and Ed both. So he's right. He, he's doing some tweaks. He's writing, rewriting issue 12, which is a two-part story. And Ed, Ed is great at, you know, dropping hints in, in, you know, previous issues uh you know kind of just little little easter eggs and stuff and they build up to the the next issues or or two story arcs away or whatever so he's going back and reading old issues and going hey i don't even remember doing this and and i was like that's awesome Mm -hmm. i don't even remember that either because you know to your point those were years ago so i remember drawing the books but like i don't always remember every single panel that i did and for him to remember every single word he wrote, it's just like, that's not a thing that happens, you know, unless you yeah, have exactly. a photo, photogenic memory or something like that. I, I do that with novels all the time. And, and it's very pleasing. It's pleasing in the good way. The, the nice thing is I will read some sentences or, or I'll get to a part in a novel 
and I'll read, I'll, I'll read, this doesn't happen a lot, but I might read a sentence and I'll be like, that's a good fucking sentence. I actually can't believe I wrote it. It's, it's better oh. than I thought I am. Same, same. It's, it's pretty cool where you're like, oh, wow, I actually wrote that. No, no, no. I wrote it. Dude, I, I, I've posted stuff on Instagram because I was just so jazzed with how I drew it. I was like, this is the best. This is one of the best things I've ever drawn. I'm the fucking shit. I know what I'm doing, you know? And and those are rare occurrences where I feel like that. I always, you know, artists, for the most part, they have something called imposter syndrome, where, mm-hmm. you know, you feel like you're faking being an artist somehow. And, and yeah. most of us go through this for whatever reason. But once in a blue moon, you'll draw something and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know I'm I know what the fuck I'm doing you don't know what you're yeah. doing but I sure do you know see I always just say this one time it turned out I knew what I was doing <laughs> right but, <laughs> but that's but that's the thing too I mean I, I think we've talked about this before both of our crafts you know they're they're arts and their crafts right they they are arts but so much of it is just crafting and whittling and and grinding and making it better and better and better you know and for me and this kind of gets into the other the other thing that I did this week, which I, I'm just remembering now, is um, I, had, I had done all the tracks for Kadoja Volume 3 for the soundtrack uh, a couple, you know, a couple weeks ago. And I got them, I sent them off to the bassist, a guy named Chris. He's, he's, he goes by the name Ruckus in the band Big Pimp Jones. This is technically not a Big Pimp Jones release, I guess, because it's just Keith and Chris. But uh, Chris gave me back the bass lines and my God, they sound so good, you know, so I was happy about that. Um, But the way I was going to kind of spin that in is over time with music, when I'm when I'm listening back to a track, I know enough to know when it's wrong. And then I have to learn a little bit about why do you think it's wrong, Keith? What is what is wrong here? You know, and so I don't know if this is this way with you, but it really comes down to you spend time honing instincts and then what you have to do is trust them, even when you don't understand how they're fully working. So just today I was I I decided I absolutely had to revisit this very long scene that I have in my book. And I had worked through it yesterday and felt pretty good about it. But all day today, before I was going to write it, I'm work on. I was just like, something's eating at me about that scene. Something is eating at me, and and all I can say is you 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 cue it back up and you find some things that are wrong, and you correct them, and then at some point you're like, yes, this this was okay. Now it's okay, you know. And that's always the way I've been with music. Something's off. I got to figure out what's off. Oh, the bass levels are too high. Oh, the guitars are too loud. Oh, this guitar is actually in the wrong key. You know, whatever it is. But all you initially know is it's wrong. And then you have to dig into that wrong. And then it's it's almost like when it's right, I don't necessarily say to myself it's right. It's more like I'll go through the whole song and it's like the absence of wrong. And I'm like... (laughs) Yes, that's it. This is right. This song is right because I didn't complain about it. I didn't have I didn't think a single bad thought the whole time, you know. And maybe that's just Keith's wiring and why he's a freaking, you know, person he is. I don't know. Do you ever just scrap it and go, "Okay, this this just can't be fixed. I don't know there's something wrong with it. This is all going in the trash." Absolutely. I mean, my my novel is currently at around 75,000 words. 
I have th- I have scrapped a minimum of 60,000 words. There are at least 60,000 words sitting back in my first draft, second draft, and third draft folder that I just said, this is wrong. And yeah, you, you, you basically get yourself into a corridor and you're like, the best way out is to get the fuck out and turn around and tear this all down and start with something new. So yeah, I, I, I have done that. Um, for, for the novel, it's a more clean example because I remember going through to the end and then I believe I just, I, I thought about the end and then I had some workshops where I ended up redoing some of the beginning. And with every little thing, I, I'm pretty sure I haven't talked about this on the podcast. With every little thing I changed in the first third of the novel, there was a tiny little thread that snapped that made it not connect to the end of the novel. Make another change, tiny little thread snaps. Make another change, tiny little thread snaps. By the time I got about a little more than halfway through the novel, I realized every single thread connecting the first part of the novel with the second part of the novel was gone. And the thing that made the most sense was to completely scrap the second half of the novel, basically, and just start fresh based on the good work I'd done in the rewrites of the first half. So, yes, I've done it. I've done it on grand scales and on small scales. That answers what you were going for, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, as, as an artist, I've done the same thing. You know, I've tried to rework panels or a figure over and over again. And there would just be something off, you know, like much to your point with music. It's just like there's something not right. And I can't tell what it is like. Uh, everything is connecting where it needs to be. The figure, it, it's proper, but it's not. There's something lacking in it. And so mm-hmm. sometimes as an artist, you just got to go, fuck it. And just hit clear or you throw the piece of paper away and you start all over. And, and sometimes it just needs to be done. Kenny Rogers said it. You got to know when to hold them and you got to know when to fold them, right? And of course, you also have to know when to walk away and you have to know when to run. It would be super weird running from a piece of paper. Are you saying I haven't done it? (laughs) I'm not saying you haven't. I'm just saying it's weird. So you're saying Kenny Rogers was not equating the gambling card life to the writer's lifestyle or the artist's lifestyle. I'm going to go ahead and gamble that he was not. (laughs) <laughs> we didn't have anything else did we no that's it man that's right, that's a I wrap that's, that's, i got something i do got something but it's off the air and uh i thought of the idea while i was out in arizona i found this product it's something i need to ask you about one thing first and then i'll tell you about the product because so hold on are we keeping this recording no part? with this part we're keeping in because i'm not going to say shit so everyone gets to okay. wonder what i'm talking about oh cool i get to do the <laughs> so i'm gonna do it right there i'm gonna put it right there (laughs) okay go ahead yeah so yeah so we'll talk about that off the air and we'll talk some basketball because we know you people are tired of hearing it but where can they find you on we're doing we're doing you a service they can find me at www.keithrfoster.com that is the website and my site is accidentalaliens.com it is my studio we have tons of accidental alien titles on there including The Second Shift and Wanders of Melisande. Second Shift is a tale of minimum wage workers during the day, superheroes at night, and Wanders of Melisande is anthropomorphic dinosaurs versus humans. So if those sound interesting to you, go to accidentalaliens.com. Yeah, and if you want to find me on social media, you can find 
at Kadoja Kaiju on Instagram. And you can also find at Keith underscore Decibel on Instagram. One is all things Kadoja and one is maybe a touch of Kadoja, but more just me doing stuff. You can find me at Scott Lost, S-C-O-T-T-L-O-S-T on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook.com forward slash Scott Lost. And if you want to contact us about the podcast, stuff we've talked about, stuff you don't agree with, maybe a comment on, uh, uh, I don't know, Ben Simmons, our beer selection. So uh, if your name's Gary, go ahead and email us at makingcomicspodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Or if your name's Mike or Steve or whatever your name is, but preferably Gary. <laughs> Gary, yeah, Gary's are really just locking down the Making Comics mailbox right now. I feel empty without part of Gary Yap's email to answer. It feels like there's some part of our life that's going unanswered, but we did actually get to that email over the course of multiple episodes. Yeah, yeah, we ended up knocking everything out, so I'm sure we could think of something later on, but uh, for now, that'll do it. See you guys next week. All right. Yay, yeah, yeah. chilling at a familiar spot now which is society brewery and scott and i we already recorded this week's episode and we're just going to throw this on hope with a windscreen this time hopefully so we're, fingers we're, crossed yeah we're in the same spot we've we've actually put the windscreen on the microphone because it turns out it comes with one <laughs> and uh and we're also in a little bit more remote area it's a little bit nicer a day yeah it is and actually. uh and yeah so we're just going to hang out and record a little bit here and I'll frame this up a little bit. That when we were here about a month ago, in the we came here and we did this, you know, very special episode where we hunted for comics at SoCal Comics. And something that we, I think I mentioned in the course of the episode, but I had to leave on the cutting room floor because of how bad the audio was, is that um, I talked to the owner because Scott has a spinner rack here with Second Shift books and and, and Accidental Aliens books. And so the owner, Jamie, was uh, receptive enough to let me put a spinner rack of 215 books in. And so, <laughs> fun fact, spinner racks are hard to come by, and they're expensive. <laughs> so, unless you know Jamie. Unless you know Jamie. Yes, you know the Jamie. owner of SoCal Comics. He actually hooked the studio up. He hooked me up, and then the studio got hooked up even more. Um, I had mentioned the spinner racks just casually I saw them in the back and they weren't being used I said hey hey let me know if you ever want to get rid of one of those I was thinking about buying one he goes yeah I'm trying to get rid of them uh how many do you want and I was like how much are they and he goes "Mm, 40 bucks and I was just like I'll take one yeah I had mentioned that to my studio mate Travis he came came by like four days later and mentioned wanting to buy a spinner rack and that I had bought one uh Caitlin uh who works there she didn't know how much I was charged, so she charged him $30. So he ended up buying two, one for himself at home and one for our studio to keep at SoCal Comics. So such an amazing deal. I don't mind paying the 10 extra dollars if the studio got hooked up, so no big deal. Yeah, and and so now this brings us to what the current market value of Mm. those spinner racks is, which Mm -hmm. is, so Keith's phrase, a fuck of a lot more. (laughs) Because I just paid more than double that, if not triple just to get a passable rack that I like, that works. Yeah, it's good looking. But it, it doesn't hold nearly as many books as that one does. Right. And, and I'm, I am happy, so we're, we're doing that. And I was kind of saving a lot of ammunition to grab a lot of dollar comics here because there seems to be a pattern with making comics right now 
in that I will think about stuff. We talk about what we read and then I mention it and then it gets in my head and then I find myself recollecting because I purged my collection almost down to nothing. I think we talked about this on the episode. I believe so, yeah. And uh, and so now I, I'm rebuying a lot of shit that I, you know, gave away or sold, you know, 20 years ago. The good news is a lot of it's cheap. The bad news is some of it ain't. And yeah. Like the Dave Sim guide to publishing independent books or whatever that mm-hmm. I paid three for the first time and, you know, 48 for the second time. Whoa, holy cow. Yeah, I, I haven't even read it yet, but it's sitting there. I mean, it's it's like a 95-page comic on making comics. Yeah. It's insane. Oh, you know? that's awesome. I'm I glad highly, you got it back. Highly recommend it. I think it's even worth the 50 bucks, and there's a reason. Um, because it's, it's not the kind of book that's collectible because it's collectible. I think it's collectible because it's valuable information for someone who is writing. Yeah, we got we got that ambient noise that we're gonna have to deal with. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, that's all right. That's so what we yeah. get for being uh, so close to the airport. Th- that's what we get for doing st- shit outside and taking this in the field. <laughs> so right. what'd you get, man? Your your stacks of shit have a lot easier. Uh, uh, yeah, mine. mine was basically just my weekly pulls. I had talked to you briefly uh, the last pod about that comic store I had discovered. Hmm. When I was there, they had Undiscovered Country, and I had picked up issues uh, three, four, five, and six, I believe because I had read issue one and it was just so-so, I thought. Like, it was kind of like a nice setup, but for whatever reason, I didn't continue, uh, which I normally would. Uh, it's a, a, a Snyder book, so uh, for whatever reason, I stopped. So anyway, I picked him up there, and I got um, a wild stick up my ass, and I was just like, hey, let me check the dollar bins. Unfortunately, they had Undiscovered Country 3, 4, and 5 there for a dollar. Okay. And I had already spent $4 on each of those issues at the previous store. So oh. I was kicking myself in the ass. It's like, okay, Scott, learn your lesson. Always check SoCal first to see if they have any issues in the dollar bin. And they did. Um, but they also had issue nine, which I did not have yet. So I grabbed that for a buck. And then the rest were basically my pull list stuff. I got Scouts Honor number three. Uh, I just read issue number two, and it was it was still quite excellent. Um, I really do like the cover artist, and I'm actually thinking about hitting him up to see if he does any uh, freelance work there. And I also got Ultra Mega. Have you heard of this book? Oh, yeah. You told me about it. You actually shared the advanced solicitation before it was even out in previews. Yeah. So because of that, I looked into it. I pre-ordered it. I got my copy at my shop. I may have even bought a variant cover that was on the rack in here. Oh, okay. We'll get it when we get to my stack that's going to clearly take about seven and a half hours to get. (laughs) Yeah. So that's super badass. My friend... Um, he had already bought it before I did because he goes on Wednesday. I usually go Thursday, but I knew you were coming down. I was like, I could wait till Saturday. That's not a big deal to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I waited. I already had it in my pull list. And he was describing the art as Daniel Warren Johnson and Ryan Otley's love child. Mm. And those dudes are my jam. And so I'm totally into their love child. So uh, yeah. Dave Stewart. Who wouldn't be into love children? Right. Um, and then Homesick Pilots, number four, that series from Image Comics. It continues to be good. I just read issue three this morning. And I Walk with Monsters, number four. Mm-hmm. A lot of the series I'm reading, they all kind of started around the same time, so I'll have a bunch of different number fours. Yeah. And, of course, my obsession with Invincible, um, they re-released issue number one uh, with a Amazon, or, uh, yeah, Amazon Prime uh, video exclusive cover. Mm. Ryan Otley drew a new cover for it. And uh, it, it's pretty sick. Uh, this, the covers, especially number one specifically, if they do, I don't know if they have done a reprint. No, they have. They have. But it's usually Invincible by himself. This one has a nice team team setting on the cover, which is cool because these are all very prominent ser- uh, characters throughout the series. So, yeah. Boom. Nice short stack. How Hell about, yeah. How about you? Uh, yeah, yeah, lift up those encyclopedias me, that give, you have in that Let me give myself bag. a hernia. 
and, and lift these on the table and then I can try to stack them a little bit. And then of course this crinkling bag, which is just fantastic audio. So uh, I don't know, let's just go through this, right? So I got Berserker number one, which I didn't have much of a desire for, except um, I follow uh, Holy Mountain Printing. Um, and he was doing something cool and I'm starting to do it. He paired comic books with vinyl. Yeah. And uh, so I'm starting to do that. I mean, I, I, I don't like doing it that frequently, but uh, he did Berserker with a Slayer record. And I'm like, oh. well, okay, if you pair something with Slayer, it's supposed to be just nonstop bonkers ass violence. Essentially, it's a John Wick comic Yeah, it's book. John Wick, but comics, right? Yeah. Uh, so I got that. And then from what see. I've heard, I have I haven't read it yet. Yeah, it is, it's it. in it's in my two. It's where, two I mean it, it's hot and it basically sold out pretty much. Or, oh, is that right? It's selling out in places. SoCal Comics stocks it so deep. If you're in the San Diego area and you want one, come here now. Yeah, well, and then but if, I know it's selling out in some spots. Well, if you're in Arizona, go to Samurai Comics. They had a whole rack full of it. Nice. Yeah, they nice. had three different covers, and I was like, hey, I don't have that cover, but I. I I'm trying to chill out on the multiple covers as much as possible. So, so I just oh, you got that? Oh, this is I the. Did. Um, uh, so shoot, I, I, his name? I did uh, buy an Ultra Mega number one, even though I have the regular version. But I saw a variant on the shelf, and I went, I went just a touch variant happy on some things because, boom, very just some of these these hot comic variants end up going through the roof, and I feel like it was a worthwhile thing to do, and uh, and grab a couple variants that were basically shelf price. But while you're looking at that, I will continue. So I grabbed a Tradmore. I'm sorry. Yeah, sure. I was. I, I his his style is so specific. I'm like, I know his name. I'm having yeah. a brain fart. Like I've talked to you off the air. I'm a little bit hungover, so I got a little bit of a booze brain. Yeah. And so I'm, you know, and adding I'm, to I'm it coming, with my beer. Yeah. Oh, actually, let's let's. So yeah, Tradmore. Let's interrupt this. A little. When I was at SoCal Comics, I had done a lot of really good preparation, with the exception of I didn't have a neat sign to have as a header on the rack. And uh, so Jamie was like, well, you know, you should get a sign, you should make it look professional, you know, that kind of thing. And so I was I was thinking, yeah, I gotta really act on the fly here. And that's around when Scott came up. So I managed to craft a sign based on some graphics that I have. And so I crafted the sign. I found a local FedEx Kinko's that I was able to print it at. And then Scott ended up riding with me to the Kinko's I printed it, I laminated it, and then I drove back. But the thing is that I stopped at this killer, what was the name of that coffee shop? Rivals Coffee, I think it was called. Rivals Coffee in Murrieta. Um, it's on my Keith Decibel Instagram back a little bit if you if you look for it. So that coffee had a lot more caffeine than I expected because I was absolutely caffeine wired for like three hours. Keith was out of his fucking mind. Yeah, I was. Kinko's. I, it was hilarious. I was. I was fucking fast. Yeah, I'm you always were, fast. You were on a. You, sorry, you were. You were on a new one or yeah. uh, on a different level in yeah. there. I was like, whoa, he's, he's. I've never seen you that hyped before. So yeah, and and I used to drink a ton of caffeine via like Mountain Dew and Vault. There was this Coca Cola answer to, to Mountain Dew. That I used to drink, but it got discontinued. Okay. And, uh, anyways, and they started making comics, Vault Comics. Vault Comics. Yeah. They're like, we're a failed soft drink that tastes like Mountain Dew, but we can be a successful indie publisher. <laughs> right. And it's working out for them. <laughs> it's amazing how that shit works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They reinvent themselves. It reminds me of that Mitch Hedberg joke where um, he uh, Pringles initially was a tennis ball company, but they mistakenly were sent a bunch of potatoes, and so we, they said, fuck it, cut them up. <laughs> Great joke. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So anyway, um, 
I mentioned that because you might be a little bit hungover, but now I'm coming down a little bit from my caffeine oh, good. buzz, and I'm like the right level of sharp. Good, I'm good. not hyper aware. You know, there's, I wish I could look this up. I was thinking about this when I was driving down, you know, two hours ago when I was at the beginning of my caffeine buzz. There was an episode, there's an issue of like Superman somewhere. I used to read Superman for a little bit. I'm more of a Batman guy, personally. but um, Same, yeah. It's, it's like Superman's almost too boring because he's too powerful. And I know that's like the conundrum with Superman. Right. You know, like when you when you have a character that's so powerful, what do you do? On a side note, I think the boys figured out a cool thing to do with Homelander, which yeah. is just make him like a homicidal maniac. Exactly, you make know? him a nut job, yeah. Oh my God, Homelander's so great. But there was this issue where someone stole Superman's powers point the person realizes what the powers are and he goes insane and i think either superman manages to take the powers back or he gives them back to superman somehow because he can hear every conversation within like a four thousand mile radius and he doesn't know how to handle it and so that's what my caffeine buzz was like (laughs) i could i could just contemplate absolutely everything within 400 miles of existence at the same time (laughs) and it was driving me nuts my god i never want to drink and we're talking about one and a half coffees at this place you know like one wasn't quite enough because i felt good and I had also not had any caffeine up to that point. So was I still it just had... a coffee? It was like... just a coffee. It was oh, just okay. their drip coffee. Oh, wow. I mean, it was, again, it's a bit darker than your Dunkin' Donuts and probably about as dark as like a Pike Place roast from Starbucks. But anyway, so I'm, I'm now at the right level. But uh, while, we, while I was talking, I also got a Department of Truth number four variant, which you were just flipping through as I was talking. Which is also, I couldn't find the name, but it is definitely Trad Moore. Like, oh. I'm looking at it. I'm like, so you got two different Trad Moore variants. And they were and they were shelf price, which I thought was pretty cool. And again, these, these books like Department of Truth and uh, like Something is Killing the Children and Ice Cream Man, these one in ten variants are just going through the roof. You know, um, Boom seems to have really mastered the one in ten and one in 25 variant game. But uh, some other people are doing it as well, like Image. I hope this book is good. Um, Iron Fist is arguably my favorite superhero. Um, I tend to favor superheroes that have lower street gauge. level. Yeah, street level superpowers. So yeah. Batman, Daredevil, Iron Fist, my uh, three favorite superheroes. The same with my writer Ed. His, okay. his favorite books growing up and still to this day is uh, Iron Fist and Power Man. That's, that's yeah. his jam. Yeah. Exactly. No, and and it, look, if some of those '70s books weren't so unbearable, I'd own way more of them because the '70s to me were just a bleak decade for comic writing. Everything is like hammy and all that. But uh, is '70 is that is that silver or bronze? Is that bronze? I think it's bronze. Okay. Technically, it's bronze. Okay. But I, it's definitely not silver. But let me ask you. Because silver it, would be like 50, right? The 50s? 50s and 60s, I 50s, think. Yeah, 60s, gold age yeah. might be like 40s and 40s below. 40s and below, right. But is there is there one past bronze? Are we in like the modern, modern. age now? It's okay. just modern, yeah. Yeah, because when we were in SoCal Comics, it looked like they had books from the 70s to the 90s. Yeah. Which is probably a lot of bronze and some modern, right? Right. But uh, but anyway, so this book is looks... That cover is fantastic. I hope this book is good. Um, the last couple Iron Fist books... God, what was the one? There was one Iron Fist book that ran about 27 issues back in the 2000s. I loved it. And then there was an Iron Fist book that ran 12 issues about a decade ago, and I thought it was awful. So Iron Fist can be pretty hit or miss, as evidenced by the Netflix series. Did you read the, I believe it was Power Man and Iron Fist. That was good. Yeah, it was pretty recently. David Walker. Yeah, David Walker did that, who, um, who has done Shaft. And before that, he did an amazing magazine called Badass Mofo 
which I'm actually on the hunt for now that I talk about it. You know, when I was talking about how much I liked Kagan McLeod and Brian, Bendis, Brian Michael Bendis' letters pages, freaking badass mofo had that feel through a magazine. It was like a self-done zine. So David Walker has done a bunch of things since then. I think that's his name. I hope I'm not butchering it. But uh, his Power Man and Iron Fist was really great. Yeah, I love the art in that book. It was, it was so fantastic. I yeah. found that in... Um... I already owned a copy, but I found one, two, and three, I think, in the dollar bins, and I grabbed one, two, and three again. I was like, yeah, yeah. I'll take another did, another number one. He did Cage, too, and it was really a goofy, overdone art style for Cage, but man, did it work. Yeah, Cage was also really cool. So just to round this out and get through it, I got Children of the Grave 3, which I saw was out, which I was happy about that. I got the new Ultraman Trials of Ultraman 1 which is a variant edition. So again, oh, nice. variant edition for shelf price. And then I saw these on the shelf and I'd seen them before. So I wanted to give Scout a shot. Um, it's Electric Black Presents. And I believe this is a sort of horror anthology. Uh, and you were correct. It's a David Walker is the writer and the penciler is Samford Green. And if I'm not mistaken, they do a book together in Image. Um, oh shoot. Essentially, it's like kind of like Black Ghostbusters. Oh, um, okay. it's it's a rad series. I'm, let me let me look that up. Sure, and while you're doing that, I will I will then go to. So now now we're getting into my dollar books, which um, which not that many titles, but a whole lot of comics. I was reading this book recently called Reincarnation Blues, that I'm probably going to end up uh, blogging about on the KeithRFoster.com blog because I don't have enough things on that. I, I ended up not liking it. Um, and I'll talk about why once I get that article up. One of the reasons is that they personify death very much in the... So I think one of the reasons I didn't like Reincarnation Blues as a novel is that it felt like it felt like the influences on his thinking were too out front. You know what I mean? Like the point of influences is you you read stuff and you absorb stuff and then you wait for it to go through your own little internal processor. You know, Gary's... Gary Hodges' composting idea. And this didn't feel like ideas that are very well composted. It felt like ideas that were very similar to the source idea. You know, I gave this example to someone recently that there's a cool Star Wars exhibit that was... Hey, Star Wars! We did it! We did it! <laughs> we a, did it! We did it! World's best cup of coffee. <laughs> so Star Wars had this cool traveling exhibit that I happen to see in Seattle where they talked a lot about the costuming and they had mannequins with tons of costumes up there. But they also talked it had a lot of cool original versions of stuff versus the source material. Mm. And what I remember is looking at this cool like pictogram collage that had Darth Vader and all of the inspirations that led to Darth Vader. And people who know Star Wars know that like he he borrows heavily from like samurai warrior um, looks, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the interesting thing about Darth Vader is I think if you're an expert in like samurai warriors, then the second you saw Darth Vader, you would know that. But most people don't. Right. I, I feel like it's a well-concealed influence that the perfect kind of influence where once you see samurai get-ups with Darth Vader, you're like, oh, yeah, okay, makes sense. Right. that's where he got that from. Yeah, George oh, Lucas, he borrowed, Seven Samurai. He borrowed yeah. from Kurosawa on that. Mm -hmm. Oh, he borrowed from this. That's how influence are supposed to work. Right. Where Reincarnation Blues is like, your death is exactly like Neil Gaiman's death. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. your death is a woman with black hair. You have not varied this at all. It is. I mean, all it made me think about was Neil Gaiman. 
you right. know so like the great news is this author ended up indirectly selling a lot of neil gaiman for me because now i'm gonna hunt some of my old neil gaiman so anyway i got he had death high cost of living number three in the dollar bin which i was excited about i can continue to build on that and it is uh so the title it is with david walker and sanford green it's bitter root bitter image root? comics okay yeah it's it's a really good book i really enjoy it so if you guys are listening go go check that out so look somebody is excited about bitter root <laughs> that dog's trying to say bitter root in dog language. I happen to speak dog, and yeah. the dog is very, very excited about bitter root. I think he's going to come over here and want to start reading it. No dog, we don't have bitter root over here. We're just talking about it. So, and then you can see this stack here. This is, I, I mentioned, this is what happens. Keith mentions something on the podcast, it gets stuck in his brain, and then he looks to reacquire some of it. So, this is a stack, it's about an inch and a half, probably. About 15 books, it looks of like. Nothing but Batman Legends of the Dark Knight. Which I also bought a little bit of at my home shop, um, Comic Book Hideout. Shoutouts to Glynis, who runs an amazing shop there, and Funky, who's uh, the employee that I talk to the most. But they're, they're just amazing. But uh, I bought a nice little run through the dollar bin of a book called Doctor Zero, which was part of the old Epic line. Oh. And uh, I got into the Epic line by doing some research for Terror Incorporated, which I did the, um, the article on, and we talked about a little bit on iHorror. And Terror Incorporated's first appearance was in an epic book. Um, I can't remember the name of the title, but I have it listed in my, in my hunting list. And so I grabbed some Dr. Zero, and then I saw a complete run of some book called Deathbed, which looks absolutely amazing. I mean, look at this art. Oh, yeah. That is some really kick-ass looking yeah, art. Yeah, it is. And I found a run. I don't know if this is the entire run. Yeah, honestly, it's quite similar to the Iron Fist cover. It, it's a very cool, like, raw, semi-underground, just... Just dope ass. Um, yeah, some uh, they're using some zipatone there. You you can t- you can say that for me, but it's I got deathbed one through seven, and then I grabbed a couple Hellboys, and and that was a, or a Hellboy or two, which is probably buried in the stack now. So right on. That actually didn't run me that much, considering how much books were. No, I books. was surprised by your total, to be honest. Yeah, I was yeah. like, wow, seventy five bucks basically for, for for an enormous yeah stack an of enormous comics. stack of books. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, so um, so yeah, man, that's, that's what awesome, I ended up getting. Yeah. Um, so how about we? Uh, I guess that was all we really wanted to talk about, right? I I managed to hold on. I'm gonna do the bag. I'm, I'm gonna crinkle bags. That's okay. A little a- ASMR for all you people <laughs> out there that are into the crinkle bag ASMR. Yeah, cr- crinkle bag ASMR that I'll probably edit out. But no, I bet you it sounds great on on, on audio. It it clearly I, look. I was doing a video where I was cooking this thing, and I was like chopping onions and and uh, all this other stuff. <laughs> And I was like, gonna piece it together. I watched Chef recently, mm-hmm. and the son in the in the movie, he recorded one second videos, and he spliced them together, and he had like a whole story. And I was like, this, this is kind of rad. Like, and I had seen Chef before, I just kind of forgot about it. And so I was making this uh, baked potato casserole dish that I do, world famous. Yeah, it's. I'm clearly getting hungry from this high ABV and the whatever oh, yeah. beer we ordered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, I was recording it. Great ASMR. Yeah, the chopping and oh, all that shit, stuff, yeah. and then the the cooking of the bacon and 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 all that stuff. Trash truck. <laughs> all right. Is that what you call yourself when you're drunk? <laughs> yeah. The great thing is that this exact moment in, in podcasting has served as the an audio document of the transition from a caffeine overbuzz to the beginning of a beer buzz. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, it is. You know? It's actually like, quite that, good. This document will always be there. That's yeah. the best part about it. Yeah, I love it. Anyway. Um, oh, yeah. So when we're in the shop, I managed to run into some friends from, uh, 
like 10 years ago, essentially, maybe even more. I've known them forever. And um, uh, they, they had told me a story where the the, the husband, my, uh, my buddy Track, his brother dropped off some comic books and the kids went through them and they were like, hey, what are these? And they got super into comics. And so they were running errands today and the kids are like, hey, can we go to a comic store? And I was just like, hell yeah. Like, cause they, they look to be about uh, like, like seven and 10 in age and it's just like man to hear younger kids get into comics it's like oh man it's it's great because you know it, it's it's oh it's always a wonder if the comic book industry is going to continue and you know the, when there's no one to read after my generation your generation like how yes. many people are going to be left yes so the fact that i saw them in there and it was because their kids wanted to read i was like oh, fucking yeah. a and they're like hey we saw your comics on the spinner rack and i said yes let me go give you all of my comics. I'm like, let me because they're they're, they're longtime friends. So I'm like, young readers. Yes, I was like, I, I do that at shows sometimes. We yeah. do that at shows. Yeah, like you just see some kid and you're like, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna give this kid a comic or two, right? Just to get him reading. Or yeah, keep him reading. Absolutely. And uh, you know, and and you know, they're Filipino, so I, I and you know, it's like, okay, I, I want to show them that, like, hey, we got we got superheroes too. These are my superheroes. We have Filipino representation in books. <laughs> And um, so I, I grabbed all of the books, uh, uh, you know, I grabbed all the second shifts, I grabbed the Wanderers, and I said, here, these are these are for you, don't worry, I'll tell the people at the front to not even charge you for these, just take them. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, no, no, we want to support local, you know, local businesses, local creators. And I was like, don't worry about it. I was like, it's fine, just yeah. just take the books. I just want, because I pulled literally, like, second shift trade paperback, yeah, and, you yeah. know, six, seven, eight, nine, exactly. Wanderers one and two, it's like, dude, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Like, I didn't exactly. do that to make a sale, but they insisted on paying for them. Sure, sure. And so I indirectly made a sale, and I and honestly, I feel terrible about. It. I was like, no, I, ah, I didn't. That's not what I was trying to do. I didn't. I wasn't yeah. trying to make a sale. So I had that happen. Yeah, I had that happen. Um, remember the time at WonderCon where was it Ed's wedding? Was it a wedding? You let me use your table for like four hours at a WonderCon. I think it was. I think it might and have it been was because you yeah. you left early, or you had to leave the show a little bit early on the Sunday. Yeah. for Ed's wedding, and so I had a whole bunch of um, hula family coming in there, and of course I know a massive amount of people through the hula studio, and they happened to come around, and like the same thing happened, and I'm like I felt bad, but the sales were good, right? You know, like yeah. I, I mean, it was like a parade of I'm not kidding, ten hula moms buying the book oh, one wow. after another That's for their kids you know and i was like wow I'm 200 f- bucks up i'm flattered yeah, yeah yeah it was it was amazing it was amazing and ed will correct me if uh, uh you know it was not his wedding because <laughs> he will listen to, he had mentioned I, I can't remember at this point shout out ed hey, but he goes yeah, we, oh yeah <laughs> he goes uh, you know yeah you were right on that thing no you're wrong on that thing I'm, okay cool good good to know you know good 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 we need to do like a stat boy correction <laughs> oh oh stat boy correction um so i had mentioned a boy band from back when i was a kid backstreet boys on the metallica uh, was, reference and it was new kids on the block it was Not new kids ba- on the block. yeah i thought the same thing shout out death death yes. uh, uh i mentioned him a couple of times on the pod and he, and he was just like hey just so you know it was new kids on the block not back i'm like thank you i was yeah. like I, I i could not remember for the life i, I was, was saying the same thing i was like i sort of vaguely remember some new kids on the block and i remember saying backstreet boys and i was like this doesn't feel right i'm like i don't think that's correct so yeah but you weren't you weren't and you weren't even deep in your 9.2 
cookie, no, cookie I just, beer that hammered oh, you for that one Oh, my cookie. gosh. By the end of the podcast, I was like <laughs> Slurpy Slurperson. I was so... Yeah, so slushy. Yes, um, yes, good time. And I don't know if anyone else could notice, but I noticed. Well, now you, know? you can. Uh, so what episode would that have been? Where if you listen to the last 20 minutes again, you'll notice that Scott was getting progressively drunker. Whatever okay. one we tried the uh, cookie three, butter beers together. Three like. from this one. Three from this one, because it just aired on Monday. We've yes. recorded... Two, recorded two since then, and this is a third. So no, this will be the second. We're just going to tack it on to the uh, to the episode we recorded on. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Fuck it. Because fuck it, that's why. Because fuck it, exactly. All right, man. So I think that's all we wanted to talk about here, which ended up being a good amount. It's twenty eight minutes of audio and counting. Right on. Um, so yeah, yeah. We'll we'll tack this on to the end, and uh, and we're going to keep drinking, and we're going to grab some some tacos, and then we're going to go to another shop. Goddamn right. All right, man. Later.